Hello, you're listening to Earth Matters. Earth Matters brings you environment and social justice stories. Today's story was produced in the studios of Radio 2XX, Canberra, on the lands of Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples for Radio 3CR in Melbourne, Wurundjeri country, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm back, Horry. First up, Richard Flanagan calling us to action at Parliament House, Canberra addressing the Stopadani convoy on May 5th, 2019. After the convoy's epic journey from Hobart to Claremont, Queensland and back. Later in the show, we go to the middle of the Extinction Rebellion roadblock, attempting to stop parliamentarians from splitting for holidays, leaving unfinished climate business and leadership behind them. Thank you. What a day. What a crowd. It's terrific. I grew up in a remote mining town. I know the hardship. I know the tragedy. One of my earliest memories is a whole town stopped for a miner's funeral. Family after family lining the main street. One people joined in grief. And when politicians talk of caring about miners, I don't believe a word they say. If they cared, wouldn't they be advocating to end black lung disease, a 19th century industrial disease now returned because of unsafe working conditions to kill Australian coal miners in the 21st century? Wouldn't they be speaking out about the increasing casualisation and pay stripping of coal miners supported by the Morrison government? And if they cared, wouldn't they question whether Adani is an appropriate business to employ Australian miners? Adani, such a friend of the working man that, when building its giant Shantagram luxury estate in India, it housed its workers in conditions so appalling that there were 15 recorded cases of cholera. Put a high-vis jacket on that corpse and say you're still for the working miner, Scott. But then Adani's aim long-term isn't to employ miners under whatever pitiful conditions and awards its paid-up political mates might legislate. As Adani Mining CEO said in 2016... When we ramp up the mine, everything will be autonomous from mine to port. In our eyes, this is the mine of the future. That's right. Adani's ambition is ultimately that its mine is all robots. Not a miner, not a driller, not a driver in sight. So the promised 10,000 jobs that turned out to be 1,462 jobs will in turn vanish like the mist as Adani buys in the robots. But that's not all. Modelling by Wood Mackenzie shows that if coal mining in the Galilee Basin, led by Adani, goes ahead, coal production in older, less efficient coal mines in Australia will drop significantly and many coal mining jobs will be lost. Adani's new mine simply steals the jobs off the old mines. 
Jabbering jobs, jobs, jobs in a hard hat doesn't change these truths. It doesn't make a politician fair dinkum. It makes him or her a lying clown who sells every coal miner in this country down the drain for another backhander from their mates in the fossil fuel industries. And those coal mining communities of Australia deserve better. They deserve the truth. They deserve a responsible transition plan, not these lies and deceit. Because Adani's mine is not happening to help miners. It's not happening to help Claremont or Mackay or far north Queensland. And it's certainly not happening to help the poor of India. It's happening because of one thing and one thing only, greed. And that greed now controls our politics. How can Scott Morrison claim to care about climate change when his political survival now hinges on a deal with Clive Palmer, a man... Um, <laughs> a man whose own massive Galilee Basin coal mine is dependent on Adani getting up. What exactly did Scott Morrison promise Palmer for his preferences? The Liberals' platform is nothing more than a smoking coal heap. <laughs> 41 years ago, I just kayaked through a beautiful gorge on the Franklin River called Arenibus. The Franklin was to be dammed, and though there was opposition to the damming, no one I knew believed that dam could be defeated. The all-powerful state and federal governments were at the time hell-bent on building it. The gorge opened out onto a small basin. And at its rainforested edge, there was a beach. I kayaked over to it. And a lanky man appeared out of the rainforest. And there, on the banks of that beautiful doomed river, I met Bob Brown. I asked Bob, at that time of despair, did he really think the river could be saved? His answer was revealing. I think, he said, that there is hope. And this is what I learned from Bob Brown. The battle for that river raged for another four years. Governments came and went, and at every step it looked like we had lost. Yet what we could not see was that at every step, we were growing stronger and stronger. Thousands of people went to jail in the biggest act of civil disobedience in Australian history. In the end, the government was spending countless millions to get heavy machinery into that remote rainforest to destroy as much as possible to make the dam inevitable. And at the very last moment, the High Court ruled the dam could not go ahead. And I am here today to say there is hope. Adani will be stopped, it will be stopped.
And there is no power on this earth that can stop an idea whose time has come. The IPCC last October said we had 12 years to contain climate change. That is, decarbonise our economy so that the temperature rises not more than another half degree. If large-scale action is not taken now, the IPCC warned, we will face a global warming catastrophe. More than half a year of that 12 years has already passed without any meaningful action. Our emissions are still rising, and that is why this is a crisis unlike any we have ever faced. On present trends, Australia will become, quite simply, uninhabitable. And what remains livable will be small bands of our country. We will not have the means to generate the food we need, the wealth we're accustomed to. The most recent science suggests that around the world up to one million species on which we depend for food and clean water face annihilation, that the planet's very life support systems are entering a danger zone. This is not science fiction. It's not a Netflix series. It's what the world's leading scientists tell us. The moment for believing that this is a matter that can be solved by flying less or not eating meat has long passed. The solution will not be about personal choices. It will be about, and can only be about, political change. And that change, that change will not come about because of this party or that party. It will only happen if we wish it to happen. And if we make it happen, we have only ourselves to blame and we have only ourselves to turn to, to save ourselves. It matters, it matters very much who you vote for this election. But after May 18, it matters even more to press whoever wins to recognise this crisis is not an issue. It is the issue. The drying out of Australia is the issue. The collapse of the fisheries is the issue. The likelihood of not having enough water to sustain our cities is the issue. The decline of our agriculture is the issue. The inability of our infrastructure to cope with ever larger floods and more frequent, more powerful cyclones is the issue. Sea rises are the issue. The death of our rivers, the death of the Great Barrier Reef, the death of our rainforests in the north and in the south is the issue. The drying wheat belt is the issue. And if the very fate, if our very fate as a species is not the issue, then what is? And that is why that is why Adani has become the symbol of why our country is broken. And that is why the fight against Adani is a fight for the soul of our country. I know many of you may feel that you have no power 
or lack the skills or abilities needed. Faced with this crisis that is climate change, it is too easy to feel powerless, to feel the problem is beyond your powers or anyone's to influence. And perhaps the greatest problem we face is not climate change, but that myth of our own powerlessness. We believe only the most powerful, the politicians, the corporations, can change our world. Accordingly, we feel a great despair about our future because we can see no hope in any politician or any corporation. But it is not so. Because the only thing that will save us and that can save us is us. Half of the carbon in the atmosphere was put there by us in the last 30 years. And now we have 11 and a half years to reverse that disastrous act. It is time to act and it is for us to act because there is no one else now and there is no other time. And if our politicians continue to deceive ourselves and deceive us, if after May 18 we end up with a government that will not act, and if we are left with only our bodies to oppose this mine, if it takes putting our flesh between the future and the past, between the bulldozers and the earth, if it means a blockade of the Adani site, then I, for one, will be there. Richard Flanagan calls us to action. You're with Earth Matters. I'm Beck Horridge. Now a new song, Walking with Spirits, with Mark I. McKenzie.
with spirits with Mark High McKenzie. New South Wales is burning. People are choking on toxic clouds of smoke, ash and dust. The climate emergency has arrived in New South Wales with unprecedented fires raging across the state. Meanwhile, our Prime Minister, now called Smoko, denies the climate emergency, expands the fossil fuel industry and cuts funds to fire services. In Canberra on December the 5th, the last day of Federal Parliament, Extinction Rebellion blocked roads around the Parliament building to stop politicians leaving for holidays. They were calling for more climate action, demanding better leadership in this time of crisis. I wanted to start today by acknowledging that we meet on the land of the Ngunnawal and the Ngambri people and acknowledging that their struggle is intimately tied up with the fight for the climate. As we've seen in Queensland, the Labor government there has extinguished the native title rights of the Wangan and Jugalingu people in order to make way for the Adani coal mine. We're here today to blockade the politicians, to cause them some disruption, because like we're seeing with the Adani coal mine in Queensland, this is their response to the climate crisis. Their response is to expand the fossil fuel industry, to trample native title land rights, to, to crack down on climate activists. As we've seen in Queensland, there's climate activists who have been locked up and who aren't, who it seems like aren't going to be able to um, get out for a couple of weeks. This is an appalling attack on our rights to free speech, to democratically um, express our opinion and discontent with this state of affairs. All across the country in these last few weeks, we've seen bushfires raging. In Sydney, the smoke levels are like equivalent to people breathing in 30 cigarettes a day. It's an appalling attack on the health of ordinary people and the politicians because of their inaction, are responsible. They tell us that we're in their thoughts and prayers to just, you know, be happy that the Australian cricket team just, like, takes some pride in that. Don't worry about the bushfires. It's got nothing to do with climate change. But we know the truth. I think there's another side to this as well, though. The other side is that we've seen this year the most mobilisations for the environment in Australia and world history through the global climate strikes, through the rise of Extinction Rebellion. And it's shown the actual power that we as ordinary people have. We need to wake up. We need to rise up. We need to open up our eyes and do it now, now, now. We need to build a better future. And we need to start right now. We need to wake up. We need to rise up. We need to 
I'm here because capitalism is destroying the planet and it's important that people come out and expose what's going on, take action, because the most effective action to prevent catastrophic climate change is going to be done by ordinary people. These people on the hill up here, he says, pointing up the hill, they are in the pockets of carbon corporations and they're not going to do anything unless there is massive pressure from below. I'm here to protest the climate criminals in Parliament um, who not only continue to deny that there's a climate crisis uh, but actively perpetuate that crisis um, and continue digging up mines um, and coal. Um, I'm from the Illawarra um, where they do longwall mining, long mining in the Illawarra water catchment um, and it's like destroying the entire water supply in Wollongong as well as in South Sydney. So that's why I'm here to directly... Um, protest um, the politicians in power. So are you going to block this road now? Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's the way that we um, win things, is that we continue um, blockading the roads um, and blockading um, like business as usual and to stop that from happening. I think it's really important um, to make sure that uh, they can't think that we're just going to continue going on like nothing's wrong. We're sitting down on the road now. Yes. Yes. How does it feel to block a road? I think it's really empowering, and I think that that's the best parts about protests is that you really feel your power um, and how society will stop to listen to you, which is something that ordinary people don't get to feel um, and experience every day. We're often individualised and atomised. So it's like so empowering to be a part of um, 70 or 100 other people who agree with you um, and who also want to stop um, business from happening as usual. What do you think are some of the factors that are causing this predicament we're in? Um, I think it's the fact that we've just had um, de- like centuries, really, of just um, continual abuse of our natural resources and the fact that we, we've known about the climate crisis um, and what will happen for decades and decades and decades. And um, the rich and powerful have done nothing um, to try to um, exasperate that at all. Um, they just want to continue um, making profits off of our national... Um, out, sorry, out of our natural resources. Um, it's, like, really appalling. And I, I think that that's why we're in this situation today and that's um, why we're all here uh, today to continue to make sure that doesn't happen anymore and then that we have a, a, a just transition to 100% renewable energy by 2030. Fantastic, I'd vote for you. The reason I'm out here on the streets every day, well not every day actually, that's a bit of an over-exaggeration. The reason I'm out on the streets maybe like once a month is, um, <laughs> is because, not fundamentally because I'm out for vengeance against the politicians, I do think they should be held to account, not because I'm out to tell off and, and, and get mine against all of those sort of corporate interests who are destroying the planet, but fundamentally because I love the planet. I love the people on this planet. I love the animals and the birds and the fish. I love the wind and the sky. This is the only planet that I've ever known. It's the only world I've ever known. And I love it. And it's a tragedy that it's it's being slowly and surely destroyed by the interests of a select few group of people. It's being slowly destroyed by short-term gain, by greed, 
by fundamental dissatisfaction. And I think what, where we've gone wrong among, we've gone wrong in a lot of ways, don't get me wrong, but one way we've gone wrong is I think we've forgotten to appreciate the beauty of the planet and appreciate how much we actually love each other. We love this world we live on. We love the animals. We love being in nature. And for me, and I don't know about everyone else, but what motivates me is that I, I fundamentally love the world that I live in. And I want to do something to keep it going, to keep the world, the ecosystems, and all the life that it supports alive. Um, yeah. Extinction Rebellion protesters blocked politicians leaving Parliament House in Canberra. You've been listening to Earth Matters. This edition of Earth Matters was produced for Radio 3CR in Melbourne on Wiradjuri Country and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Federation for their generous financial support. And if you'd like to get in touch with Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page on Earth Matters 3CR Radio or follow us on Twitter at EarthMRadio. If you'd like to listen to or share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters. The Earth Matters team will be back next week with more environmental and social justice stories from all over this beautiful blue planet. I'm Beck Horridge. Now for some more Walking with Spirits.